This is the moment for you to get to know who you are again, to become your own best friend again. And I want that for you. I want you to fill your toolbox with everything you're needing right now to motivate you, to encourage you to take that next step, whatever it is for you. Hey, I'm Regina Marie. I started this podcast to share with other survivors what has helped me heal from my untold stories about surviving my past abusive relationships. And since abuse knows no gender, age, race, or religion, allow this to become your roadmap to start healing from your abusive trauma today. You want to know it's beautiful, seeing your self-love grow right in front of your gorgeous face. And pretty soon, you'll be saying things like, but remaining loyal to you after you mistreat me is called trauma bonding. And that's not what I'm doing anymore. Welcome to my Healing Village podcast, episode one, Revised. I'm your host, Regina Marie, and I'm a domestic violence survivor advocate, as well as a survivor of domestic violence myself. As mentioned in the trailer, I'm obsessed with psychoanalyzing behaviors and empowering others. So for the last two decades, I've studied abusers' playbooks inside and out, and this is where it will all be exploited. I can't get enough of helping each survivor begin to recognize for themselves their abuser's red flags. But most importantly, it's the survivor's healing, learning to trust themselves again, learning to love themselves again, and to regain control of their life. That is what really keeps me doing what I'm doing. Each interview show will have four segments, the guest's story, tools they use to help themselves heal, their favorite four, and some takeaways. For solos like this, being it's the first one, though revised. It'll be slightly different as I introduce myself a little bit more, but for the most part, it'll be to empower you to rise above your dark days. So a quick snapshot of me before we get on to the show. I earned my bachelor's degree in psychology. My master's is in adult education and training, and I'm working on another master's in military and emergency responder psychology. I am one practicum and internship away from becoming a trauma-focused therapist, which was inspired from my own life experiences since childhood. Now, leaving an abuser or a toxic individual in your life is a loss. No matter who it is you're leaving, a partner, a parent, a sibling, a friend, it doesn't matter how long you've known each other or what transpired in between, it's a loss that needs grieving. So even if you feel relief that you're away from that person who has been harming you, whether that's mentally, emotionally, verbally, or physically, it is still a loss of what you once saw as a bright future together, or even just to have them in your life in some way. So here are some quick fun facts about domestic violence. I figured we would just throw this in for this first revised podcast episode. These facts are often misunderstood. So what I'm about to say are not my opinion. They are from trusted sites and sources that will be referenced as well. First off, Domestic violence is incorrectly commonly paralleled directly to mean intimate partner. They have their differences. Intimate partner violence is referred to as IPV. And the CDC website says IPV is, quote, abuse or aggression that occurs in a romantic relationship. Now, while abuse has happened to me with past intimate relationships, it has also happened with those that I was not in a romantic relationship with. Therefore, I am a survivor of domestic violence. And according to www.government.nl, quote, domestic violence is violence committed by someone in the victim's domestic circle 
This includes partners, ex-partners, immediate family members, and other relatives and family friends, unquote. To tell someone they are to stop referring to themselves as a survivor of domestic violence or else they will be sued is a violation of their First Amendment rights when I, in particular, have had multiple abusers in my lifetime, including family members, which have already been discussed within episodes two and three. In addition, according to SurvivorsGuild.club, it is not uncommon for abusers to sue survivors for speaking their truth. So it's par for the course. And part of that playbook that we are exploiting that I was recently asked to remove all social media referencing me as a domestic violence survivor by one of my abuser's attorneys or else. Now, I'm speaking on behalf of all domestic violence survivors everywhere, any gender, age, race, or religion. When I say that we will no longer be asked, threatened, or forced into backing down from speaking our truth, our experiences, and how we feel. By doing that invalidates it. Now, can we speak less specifics about the abuser and focus more on the abuse itself? Sure, and that is my compromise. Now, on to the show. For all survivors, please understand that this chapter that you're in or that you have just closed or are trying to close does not define the rest of your life. There is meaning to be found, value to be added to your life in some way to help evolve you and your path in life. Now, finding meaning is actually the recently added sixth stage of grief. So for me, outside of working two to three full-time jobs, being a newly single mom and involved with my church, I put in a ton of hours every day, every week and month for years towards self-development, towards reading copious amounts of self-help books, talking with counselors, trying different types of therapy, working my stress and anxieties out at the gym or yoga studio, finding appropriate support groups, attending seminars, going to church and praying, and seeking out positive role models just to name a few. I devoted my life to getting better and I still am for both myself and my kids' sakes. Now, I used to be afraid of sharing my experiences, but not anymore. You see, I have more peace in my life now more than ever. And that's because I made the decision to cut ties with anyone else around me, including friends and family who were not aligned with the new version of me, who wanted to see me remain who I was instead of becoming better and who honestly did not like to see me happy. The road to healing can sometimes be a lonely one. Not everyone will understand nor agree with your decision to change who you are because who you were is all they've ever known. That wasn't really you. Those were your traumas. They were protecting you. That was your stress. Those were your coping mechanisms. So be okay with being lonely for a short time to find yourself. This is the moment for you to get to know who you are again to become your own best friend again. And I want that for you. I want you to fill your toolbox with everything you're needing right now to motivate you, to encourage you to take that next step, whatever it is for you, no matter how small, an inch of momentum forward is the right step to take. I will be having guests on this show who were a part of my healing village and who can share their journey with us as well. What trauma they faced, what helped them heal, I want to give you something I didn't have, a roadmap. There's a gap that I realized that was far too big for comfort for me as I helped victim after victim of domestic violence as a support advocate. And they didn't know where to turn to first for help. So with my own healing, I slowly gathered a list of books that helped me, TED Talks, podcasts, Instagram influencers, and more 
that have helped me specifically so I could share my healing with them. Maybe it helps them, maybe it doesn't. But I know there are similar people out there in similar situations that could very much benefit from being a part of my healing village. Likewise, I want to give you the resources that I was so desperately seeking when I didn't know where to turn. I had no idea where to start. I just put down a subscription for Scribd and started reading books. I could have sat alone by myself and cried, and I'll admit it was during some of my loneliest days that I experienced my first panic attack, that I started experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, you might be asking, how can you experience PTSD if you're still in the stress of it all? How does that work? Well, once you're finally away from the trigger of your stress, that's when PTSD strikes. So if you're currently living with your abuser, or you know whether that abuser is your parent, or your sibling, or your cousin, or a roommate, or your spouse, once your body is able to get away from that, and it might take about six months, but that's when the post-traumatic stress will kick in. So what I did during that time, before I even realized that's what happening, that that's what was happening, I read and I listened and I learned as I drank in everything that I could get my hands on just to see if one sentence or one thought or one single insight could help heal the smallest piece of my brokenness. And this podcast will be a compilation of everything I've learned so far in bits and pieces as we go throughout, as well as what I'll continue to learn. So any new books, quotes, songs, anything that else comes up. Now, every relationship is co-created. So as you'll find out, I do my best to remain politically correct. So as to not completely leave us 100% blameless because there is work to be done within ourselves. There is a reason we were attracted to certain individuals or born into a family and have now these relationships with members that we need to figure out, right? So there's a lot of self-awareness to be realized. There's triggers to be quieted. There's anxieties that need a thunder jacket. But let's take a moment to be brutally honest and admit that as survivors of domestic abuse, we're really only guilty of one thing, and that's giving unconditional love. That is our silent crime. Now, I'm a firm believer that no matter the situation, there can be a lesson learned. Now, that doesn't negate the negative and say only focus on the positive because some lessons are harsh lessons. Not all lessons are positive ones. There's a lesson learned. So it can be a stepping stone to you becoming a slightly better version of yourself, a wiser version of yourself and someone who will not allow themselves to make the same mistake again. So whatever meaning you want to take out of your trauma is up to you. You might be saying, but it's difficult to see any beauty in a lion or a partner or a parent when you're terrified of being torn to shreds. And in response, I say, life in general has no meaning, but whatever meaning life is to have is assigned to it by the individual. Now, it took a long time and many experiences, positive and negative, for me to realize that I have been capping myself. I have been settling. I've been putting walls around my potential setting my value and worth way lower than it should have ever been, and undersold the value of my love and gifts to this world for people who barely even acknowledged their existence. Now, once they catch a whiff of your offerings, they will be the first to take what they can, right? We know that. And then try their best to blow that flame out, sometimes before you even see its existence. People see things in you before you see them in yourself, and they will want to take them or silence them, or shame you for them, or all three. I am refusing to reject myself for anyone else ever again, and I encourage you to do the same. Now, your abuser or abusers, they know how wonderful and patient and kind and forgiving and empathetic and so on that you are. That's what 
drew them to you. That's what they love about you because it brightens their lives and it serves them. It helps them feel better about themselves, that they could land someone as wonderful as you, that you would even talk to them. Now, we give them parts of ourselves that we thought, hey, we have an endless supply of love or of patience until we face the hard, cold truth that we can, in fact, become empty because they don't reciprocate efforts. Now, we realize that love simply isn't enough. And this became my reality. My reality slowly became even more distorted and empty as I transitioned to someone who lost her joyous, loud, dancing while running on the treadmill, singing in the shower spark. Someone who didn't know why she became silent when profanities were being spewed inches from her face and emotionless when all of the poking and prodding was to create a reaction. Now, I would avoid eye contact and sit completely still during abusive episodes before finding out there's a term for all of that behavior and it's called gray rocking. I'm also here to make a point of helping you learn more terminology within these podcasts. So they may say, because you're no longer reacting, that you're unempathetic. Listen to me right now. You are not unempathetic for no longer reacting to their abuse. You are experiencing compassion fatigue from a person or people who have hit that repeat button on the spin cycle over and over and over again. You have become someone who is living in fear instead of faith. You have been conditioned to feel that way. Now, we are the ones responsible for defining who looks back at us in the mirror every single day. We have to make time for ourselves every single day if we want to slowly see that reflection change for the better, to calm the fear, to know that you are worth way more than you think you are. And it doesn't happen overnight. Just like it takes a village to raise a child, I also believe it takes a village to help you heal from trauma. Whether you find healing in music, poetry, motivational speeches, inspiring quotes, in art, physical fitness, cooking, or more, it takes a village. But it starts with you showing up for yourself. And listening to this podcast is one way that you can show up for yourself. So be proud of yourself for this very action of self-love that you're giving to yourself right now. Now, I slowly learned to listen for and to my inner feelings, my gut, my intuition, my instincts, which had been zip tied shut slowly over a course of many, many years and held captive by my own doing. I allowed it to happen. Unless a gun is being held to your head, you do not need anyone else's permission to leave an abusive situation. If you're looking for a sign from the universe, here it is. You have the green light to go and put your life first. There are many reasons why you're staying. I know why your body becomes paralyzed and overflowed with guilt at the thought of leaving or feeling like you have to take a full year to create the most immaculate escape plan. No such thing exists though. And the longer you create excuses for why you're staying, the longer you're telling and convincing yourself that you deserve to be treated this way. And you don't. You deserve better. We all have cultivated survival techniques growing up. That have served us well, especially through situations that we have experienced with our abusive parents or our partners or siblings. And you may need to hold on to a select few while you make the decision to actually leave and go through the actual separation process from your abuser. But the rest of those, the paralyzing fear, the self-doubt, the minimizing of your feelings, gaslighting yourself, they're no longer welcome because they are no longer serving you or your growth. They are stunting you. They are zip ties on your hands, keeping you from mobility. 
I need you to learn to break those zip ties. Lift up your hands over your head and in one fluid motion, bring your hands down with as much force as you can muster as you try to bring your shoulders to touch. Now it's easy to want to stop once you feel that resistance, but doing so will keep you exactly where you are right now. Survival techniques keep you safe until they no longer serve you in your new environment. Learning the survival technique, for example, of how to spark a fire is no longer useful when you now have gained the tools of a lighter or a match. So thank it for its purpose. Close that chapter as you continue to evolve and gain new tools to use. Now, your life is not something that someone gives you, but it's something that you choose for yourself every day. And you are the one who decides how to live it. I write my kids cute and uplifting notes in their lunches on the days I have them when they go to school. And one Wednesday morning, I sent them off to school with a note that said, you have the choice to be happy. I hold on to that note. It's actually hung up in my daughter's vision board to remind myself that joy is the most vulnerable emotion, like Brene Brown has said. And it almost destroys our abuser's central nervous system when they feel it because they simply don't know what to do with it. Even if we're the ones feeling it, because having joy has caused them so much pain in the past. And that's so sad. Like, that's why we feel for them. It's an emotion that they want no part of or that they feel that they don't deserve. So just like happiness is a choice, so is unhappiness, similar to living in fear or living in faith. No matter how deep or vast the darkness, light will always emerge. You are that light. So no matter how much they have tried to dim your light with their lies and manipulation or continue to try to do it, the truth is you will always be in you. You may be in your current version of darkness, but remember that you are the light. You are what is needed to keep pushing through. And to get through this storm, you need to quit overlooking yourself and start looking within yourself. Listen to your truest love's wisdom and guidance, leading you out one small step at a time so you can become the person that you were always meant to be. Now, what I want to leave you with for this week for your own self-improvement is the intentional recommendations. So here's a couple of recommendations I have. The first is book recommendation called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and a few quick golden nuggets to get you thirsty for more from that book. One quote says, being fearless doesn't mean you have no fear. It means you don't let it drive your decisions or deter you. Another quote from there says, we don't belong to other people and we don't belong to other people's expectations of us. That one hit home for me from growing up. And lastly, you are not chained to anything but the limitations of your own mind. Now, there's two songs I recommend. The first is a song that I wrote by yours truly. It's called Edge of a Cliff, and it came from a poem that I wrote back in 2019. Another song I want to recommend is called Villain by Lily Rose, L-I-L-Y-R-O-S-E. And it's when our abusers try to use a smear campaign against us as survivors, trying to make us the villain so that they can sleep better at night. But don't worry. They know the truth too. And lastly, a quote by the amazing Tara Westover. She says, quote, you can love someone and still choose to say goodbye to them. You can miss a person every day and still be glad that they're no longer in your life. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review and you can find me on Instagram at my.healing.village or shoot me an email at myvillageofhealing at gmail.com. See you next week.